And now, and now, and now, item, 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 item with Tommy Lee. Item with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Item. I'm Tommy Lee, and this is the Item Podcast. It is my random record button for whatever's in my head at any given time. And today, it's another piece of something that happened on Michiana's Morning News. Quiet phone. Um, the show that I'm a part of every weekday morning on 95.3 FM here in South Bend, Indiana on Michiana's News Channel. When the mayor wants to be the president. Item 134. It's been big news now for about a week and a half that the mayor of the town where I live and work, Pete Buttigieg in South Bend, Indiana, has decided he's going to form an exploratory committee to uh, possibly make a run at the presidency in 2020. A lot of people saying he's too young. He's 37 years old and doesn't have the experience. Well, he argues he does have the experience, both in government for the last seven years running the city uh, he's got military experience working in intelligence in the uh, reserves. He did some time in Afghanistan working in the military. And then, of course, there's the fact that he is gay. Well, the mayor has a lot of cards seemingly stacked against him as he seeks the potential presidential run for 2020. But he still says that now is indeed the right time for him to make a run. And he told us why this morning on Michiana's Morning News, this morning being Tuesday, the 5th of February. So here is the entire interview that Mark McGill, my co-host, had with Mayor Pete Buttigieg this morning on 95.3 MNC. A mayor of South Bend, Pete Buttigieg, live in studio. Mr. Mayor, good morning. What, uh, what's new? Oh, you know, kind of slow day. I think I'll organize the sock drawer later and uh, see what's on TV. Wow. What a, uh, I mean, you, you knew it was coming, but what a whirlwind for you. you it's been wild. Uh, it's yeah. been crazy. I mean, it's you're everywhere. It's been crazy, but it's been good. You know, we rolled out the exploratory committee about uh, two weeks ago now uh, on the eve of the conference of mayors, and then I addressed the full body of all the mayors the next day, and we just got a fantastic response. By the end of that first day, uh, we'd gotten donations from every state in the country, and uh, people are really interested, I think, uh, uh, not just in, in me and my story, but I think also South Bend's story is, is part of why people from coast to coast are uh, at least a little bit curious. Now i got to get them from curious to supportive, which is a, a whole other thing, all while, of course, holding down the uh, the very important day job that, that I, I have to uh, go to every day. But uh, you know what I found is that uh, every person in this conversation has a very important day job and, and finds ways to uh, strike that balance and get it right and uh, stay engaged. Let's talk about uh, the, the day job because I know people, people, you know, that's been part of their conversation is you, you've done a great job as the mayor of South Bend and now you have, you have several full-time jobs, obviously. Uh, I know you've got a great team of people in place and, and you wouldn't do this if you thought that the city would suffer. No, that's right. And, uh, you know, I work hard and engage every day to make sure that we're in good shape. We've got a lot of priorities for this year eight out of eight for my administration. We're working right now on a policy on rental inspection to make sure that homes are safe, especially when it comes to lead. Uh, we're doing a big drive on lead testing. Uh, we're continuing to make streets improvements. Nothing quite as uh, dramatic or disruptive as the smart streets effort downtown, but uh, we're going to see some uh, big improvements to Michigan Street, which has needed it for a while, as well as a lot of work in the neighborhoods. And then you think about what we're trying to do with parks and trails. There's just a ton of work going on here in the city, and uh, I'm going to be really proud of it, I think, at the end of this year, uh, the way things are going. But uh, that team works really hard, too, and, and they've stepped up in a great way. Chatting with South Mayor Pete Buttigieg this morning. Let's talk about uh, the exploratory committee aspect of it, uh, Mayor, because I think a lot of people hear that term, but they're not really 
you know, sure of the nuts and bolts of that. You have not declared your candidacy yet. You have just, you know, formed a exploratory committee. That's right. What we've done officially is we've set up a committee for what the Federal Election Commission considers to be testing the waters. So this is where you do your early groundwork, you do your uh, research, early fundraising, and get a sense of, of what a future campaign will look like. Then it gives you a little bit of a runway, runway when you're ready to pull the trigger, do a big event, do a full-on launch, come out guns blazing, have your, your issues uh, set up. I mean, just think about all the things that uh, you have to do from a website to uh, policy proposals in order to really be a formal declared candidate. Uh, you can't do that overnight, and you can't do it alone. But it's a chicken and egg thing, because you also have to have legally, you have to have an entity that's paying people uh, in order to help you put that together. And for that, you got to raise money. So much of this, uh, for better or for worse, so much of this turns out to be about fundraising. But uh, we're getting these grassroots contributions from across the country, and it's really helping us power this project. And the response, tell, has been very, very positive. That's no, been great. People are clearly very interested. We, you know, we had a video that we put on uh, online the day we uh, announced, and uh, we've got about a million views on that, which is more than some uh, uh, some very visible people have gotten. We didn't uh, have any budget to promote it, so that was just uh, you know organic, just people being interested, sharing it with friends, sending it around. Uh, we take that to be a very good sign, but it's early. I mean, you know, this whole thing is still taking shape, and uh, we're a long way from where it starts to resolve into lanes and people really uh, know what the field is going to look like. Is there a deadline on when you have to declare yourself? I mean, obviously, the sooner the better for I mean, a lot of the yeah, peripheral think- things going on, but. I mean, as far as a, a, a date, is there a deadline from once you, uh, you know, announce that you have formed the exploratory committee before you have to declare? It doesn't officially start a clock, uh, okay. but what it does do is it kind of starts a process informally. And I think informally, people need to be out sooner rather than later, just because uh, there are so many people looking at it. There's a lot of attention on this, and there's only so much oxygen to go around in the media. So I think unless you're extremely famous, you really need to be doing something by now or a few weeks from now. Uh, at least at the exploratory level, and, and have a launch by the end of the quarter. One of the things that uh, that I, I've always, you know, loved about you, and, and it's true with this. Uh, I've seen you on on the, uh, you know, the national shows, and and yeah, it's about you. It's about you know people are curious about you and, and Chaston, but but you are always really good about putting the accomplishments of of South Bend and 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 really, you know, getting people interested in in South Bend, in cities like South Bend. Yeah, I mean, when I get invited to address a national audience, most of the time, South Bend is my message. You know, it's, and it's the reason it's so important, I think, is that, you know, we're being sold sometimes a story about the Midwest, and, and people are being told that we're you know, backward-looking, that we're resentful, that, that we're, we're kind of trapped in nostalgia. South Bend's story was a community that faced that the future wasn't going to look like the past and figured out a way to make sure the future is better. You know, when I was running, there was still talk uh, about you know how do we get something like Studebaker back and uh, you know that just wasn't going to happen and I think being honest with the community about that really paid off. People took a chance on me saying, okay, you know here's this kid who who thinks that South Bend has a great future. Um, uh, let's see what he's got and you know not just uh, because of my work but because of so many things going right in the community and so many great leaders, including a lot of leaders from a newer generation stepping up in some of our key institutions around this community. Uh, we've got the results to show for it. I think people love an underdog story and they love a comeback story. And so South Bend story is one that uh, really gets me in the room to talk from coast to coast about just a different understanding of what America can be like. More with South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg coming up next. Hawks in Edmonton tonight. The Red Wings are back on the skates tomorrow night when they host Las Vegas. Back with South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg this morning. Mr. Mayor, why, uh, you know, you mentioned that, that you know, you're obviously the, the youngest one in the in you know, yeah. at least considering it. Why, why now? 
Well, uh, a lot of it, I know it sounds a little cheeky when you're the youngest one in the mix, but it has to do with the experience, the the match of experience to the moment. So uh, people will, everybody in in this uh, process will talk about their experience. Mine is uh, the transformation of this city, as well as military experience. And, and I think that executive side is, has been a little bit undervalued lately. Um, but I also think it's really important to have people whose experience is completely outside of the Washington norm. Uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful of the U.S. Congress, but I think the less things look like Congress right now, the better. And when you get to a, a, a group of mayors, in fact, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had our meeting of the U.S. mayors. We meet every January in Washington. You know, what you see in that room is hundreds of American elected officials who are high profile from different parties who like each other and care about the same things. And you just don't see that anymore, uh, really, in any other level of government. So I think it's also just a, a season for local leaders and mayors to step onto the national stage. And so far, judging by the response, I think we're not the only ones who see it that way. seems like every day, uh, Mr. Mayor, that you know somebody else on the Democratic side is throwing their name yeah. uh, in, in the yeah. ring, right? I mean, and so... Uh, does the sheer number of people that have officially declared concern you? And I would, I would assume this is all part of the exploratory committee, probably. And there's, there are some big names, too. Cory Booker, for example. Yeah, my sense is the more the merrier. You know, uh, I think it, it tells you something that with all these people being mentioned, not one of them has really been able to command an early majority or even get it to the way it's been some years where there were kind of two big titans and you had to pick one or one person who seems like the program and you're either getting with the program or you're rebelling against the program. This time's just different. It's a really wide field. And I think that is good for newcomers and it's good for underdogs. And obviously, in, in this context, I would be both of those things. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we understand that. We're realistic about that. Um, but I also think it's it's a chance to bring a, a voice to this debate. And by the way, uh, speaking of debates, they'll be doing debates as early as June or July. Wow. Um, and uh, you got a lot to prove in order to show that you belong on that stage, just in terms of early polling, fundraising, and organization. But uh, if we're in a position to make that cut, I think we will be able to say some things that people aren't used to hearing in this process, and I think that could be healthy. Let's uh, chat about some local things. You've got uh, the book. Uh, yeah. Just got my uh, got a copy. Uh, you just gave me honor to have that. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah, so it's called Shortest Way Home. You can order it online right now. It ships on February 12th, but I wanted South Bend to have kind of the first crack at it. So two days before the publication date, we're doing an event at the Century Center. I think it's already sold out, actually, but uh, uh, the response has been terrific. And, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is that, uh, you know, South Bend is kind of the main character of this book. So a lot of it, of course, is my story, my recollections, my experiences. But one of my favorite parts actually takes place before I was born. We did uh, some interviews, talked to people like uh, Pete Mullen, who was the city controller during the blizzard of 1978. The mayor was out of town, and it fell to him to uh, run the emergency response for the next few days. And some of these just amazing stories about how our city came to be the way it is, um, but also explaining why we can't try to look backward. We can't find greatness in the past. we got to turn the the page and, and, and recognize that the future is going to look different. Um, so I hope people respond well. I hope people uh, uh, find it a good read. Um, but also, I'm, I'm excited for South Bend's story and mine uh, to be told on a wider stage. So, uh, yep, it's called Shortest Way Home. You can go online right now and you could uh, you could order it. And uh, I went into a studio and did the uh, audio book, too. So oh, well, I know there's that? a lot of it. It was something. I thought I knew from you know experiences <laughs> like where we're sitting right here what to expect in a studio. But it is intense. I was yeah. in there for hours at a time. The mic picks up absolutely everything. I bet. I was sitting there in my undershirt because she said that my uh, the sound engineer said that my shirt made too much noise and they 
told you to eat at certain times so that your stomach didn't rumble yeah. and, and get picked up. So uh, it was a new experience, but uh, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll bring the book to an even wider audience. And you probably thought the take was just finally said, let's do it again. Oh, yeah. I mean. yeah. Every, every few <laughs> seconds we'd roll back and redo something. And hopefully that makes for a good <laughs> good finished product. Yeah, it self Mayor Pete Buttigieg, judge the polar vortex. We uh, seem to come through that just fine. Yeah. Uh, the biggest scare there was the power outage because yeah. we had about 1,600 without power for about three hours. And at those temperatures, once you get past about four hours, hours, we were looking at an evacuation scenario. So it was touch and go there for a minute. But the way people stepped up, the way the school corporation provided buses so we could mm-hmm. get some of the homeless to a, a warming center, the way that our, our uh, city teams uh, came together from fire and police to the parks team that was opening up the Charles Black Center as a warming site. Just everybody, uh, you know, the, these extreme situations bring out the best in this community. And uh, I think everybody rose to the occasion. I'm, I'm concerned that there may be more extreme weather where this came from. Um, but uh, we, we certainly got through that in a way that made me proud as I always am of our team. Well, you're a little overdressed too for your uh, your plans later on this morning. <laughs> yeah, so later on <laughs> today saying. we're going uh, we're going out with the crew and and we're going to fill some patch some potholes. It, it's funny. This is this is my life now. One minute I'm getting asked about uh, you know recognizing the Venezuelan opposition on uh, on ABC this week, and uh, uh, but you know my job definitely includes paying attention to things like potholes. And unfortunately, when you have these, these wild swings, you know, warm, cold, warm, cold, it leads to a lot of potholes. And mayors, I mean, it is just the number one enemy, I think, of most mayors, is the the common pothole. So we're going to be out there just to thank the crews. We're going to uh, invite some media partners to try their hand at filling a pothole. That'll be kind of fun. Put them to work a little bit. Now, right now, the best we can do is what's called cold patch. So, right. uh, you know, it's that kind of gravelly stuff. It sticks a little bit. It's, it should be enough to save your tires if you go over it. But obviously, we'll need to come back when it warms up in the springtime and do a hot patch, and then we'll get into the actual resurfacing season. It's, uh, uh, it's just a never-ending battle. We did uh, over 22,000 potholes in 2018. Wow. And uh, given the way this winter is going, we'll probably have a number like that or greater. But we, we can turn them around pretty quick. So if you see one, uh, if you if unfortunately you drive through one and yeah. you experience it the hard way, um, give a call to 311, let us know where it is, and we'll get on it as quick as we can. I'll bet the variety of questions you get uh, hourly these days <laughs> just is literally, <laughs> it runs the gamut completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's probably, you know, being mayor is like that too, right? I right. mean, one minute you're dealing with a Parks and Recreation controversy, the next thing you know, there's a uh, there's a plane crash, and yeah. you just from one to the next, you got to be ready. And and uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, seven years and change here in South Bend uh, on this job has uh, shaped me pretty well for that kind of work. Good luck to you with Thank everything. You. Thanks. And uh, yeah, we real happy for you, happy for the city of South Bend, and we know that uh, things won't miss a beat here in, uh, in safe travels as you uh, try to do it all because uh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But again, congratulations and, and the best of luck. Thank you. Always South Bend Mayor here. Pete Buttigieg this morning. It is 7.56 at 7 News Time Traffic and Weather. There you go. This has been the Item Podcast, written and produced by me, Tommy Lee, although technically it was written by Mark McGill as he's the one who interviewed Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Mark is my co-host weekday mornings here at 95.3 MNC in South Bend, Indiana. The Item Podcast comes out now and then, whether it needs to or not, here at Audio Boom, at iTunes, Google Play, and several other places. I myself like to listen um, on the TuneIn app every once in a while. I use CastBox. I'll even uh, throw a podcast on on iTunes every once in a while. But there are a lot of different ways you can listen to these shows. I uh, want to remind you of a couple of other podcasts that I'm responsible for. Um, one of them is The Archive which you can find pretty much anywhere you just found the item. It's a serial podcast based on my second novel, which was published in 2011. Yes, 2011, I believe. Um, The archive is uh, perfect for binging. It's 16 episodes. Most of them are under a half an hour, 
and it tells uh, an original horror story that's actually set in South Bend, Indiana. Coming soon, there's going to be a podcast with uh, Brad King and Zach Miller, a couple of my cohorts at work here in the building. The three of us are huge fans of Game of Thrones, and we're going to do a podcast about the final season and talk about some of the beers inspired by the show in a podcast that we're going to get started soon called We Drink and We Know Things. Uh, We cannot wait to get started on that. Uh, Watch this space for details on that as it gets closer. Item is part of the Federated Media family of podcasts. And a reminder, it's always a good idea to wait to blow your nose until you are absolutely certain that the microphone is turned off during the news story. This has been Item with Tommy Lee. Police from all around Michiana were busy dealing with crashes that happened in the midst of the freezing rain yesterday. Among the crashes, a three-vehicle wreck on U.S. 12 in Cass County that claimed the life of a Niles man. The collision happened just before 6 o'clock last night near France Drive when a Niles man traveling eastbound lost control of his vehicle, crossing into oncoming traffic. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.